Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Five Aside, the show where we sprint through five things that you need to know for this week without pulling a hamstring, hopefully. Uh, we have with us Jennifer and Kristen. Y'all ready to do this? Hey, y'all. Okay, let's go. New soccer in the streets station soccer mini pitch opening at East Lake Marta Station. It's this Friday. The event goes from four to six. It's another milestone on the way to creating the goal of what 100 mini soccer pitches all around Georgia, not just in Atlanta, but uh, OTP, like way OTP. Yeah. They've, I, uh, if I remember correctly, I was reading the other day that they had just opened up a pitch in Savannah or outside of Savannah somewhere, you know, and the idea is to, in the long run, grow and expand the game throughout the state, not just here in Atlanta, which is great that, exactly. you know, they're trying to give more kids access to the sport because that's, you know, I think one of the really big challenges with youth sports these days is because of locations and how they structure youth leagues and things like that, it becomes completely inaccessible and, you know, yep. long gone are the days of like Sandlot stickball, you know, and pick well, up that's one of, Right, exactly. That's and uh, that's what I was going to say is it's, it, I am in favor of anything that continues to expose this sport that we love so much to more and more and more people. Um, it's uh, one of the greatest things about soccer is that anybody can like go outside and soccer you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Most it's, other sports, other than maybe things like basketball, you know, require another person, you know, but that's the best thing about it is if you have a place where you can go out and shoot it. My daughter and I just the other day were like, my, she's like, mommy, I want to go play soccer, but we don't have a goal. And I was like, well, you're right. Gosh, where can we go where there's just a goal where we can just drive up, park, walk out and just shoot for a little while. And just having little small things like that accessible. It's like, we can put basketball courts everywhere. You can put, like you said, stickball, you know, or sandlots, you know. Um, so let's let's bring that back. It's a, it's a great thing. And uh, if I remember correctly, the opening event is open to the public. So anybody who wants to go and check out the new pitch and kick a ball around and you know meet meet the team from soccer in the streets, you know, have at it. Feel free if you've got nothing else to do this Friday. Should be fun. They usually are. Come out. It's a good time. Segwaying into uh, another big thing that happened this past week is Nick Firmino. And this kind of ties back into uh, the efforts of uh, soccer in the streets and how Atlanta has been supporting that and creating opportunities for kids and for the club. And this is an opportunity that was kind of created out of that mentality. Nick Firmino has had a phenomenal year. I think he's on 14 goals, somewhere around that mark. Um, and he's got a deal with the first team. This is becoming a consistent pattern of big deals for all the ups and downs. Yes, more ups or more downs than ups in recent years. We all know about that as far as the first team goes. <laughs> Developing young talent has remained consistent at this club. Yeah, I think many people were um, were ready for everybody to extend. You know, they were like, hey, let's sign this guy. And unfortunately, based on the, the rules uh, when it came to bringing up two's players we were only allowed to have him for two games we waited out to the end of the season he continued to have a fantastic season and he earned his just Head rewards. Down. he earned himself yep. a spot and i think that it's you know i'm sure the club was able to uh relay that to him in some way that they intended to continue to develop him and that he would be earning himself a spot i'm sure that that was in the cards for him from the beginning um and i'm just glad that they were able to follow through with that for sure. I think it speaks volumes too to the uh, the work that our academy has done since the inception of the club and 
the priority that the club is placing on developing, you know, local homegrown, even, you know, or homegrown talent, even if it is imported from elsewhere. Um, And and you see it. I mean, I don't know, you know, I'm I'm not developing talent, period. I don't know how many other of the more recent expansion clubs have as many players that have transferred on to greener pastures per se, or at least the pastures that they wanted to go graze at, um, or, or hit the league, you know, or hit the league with as much impact as like a Miles Robinson has. So, you know, all of that, you know, it goes back to the developmental work that they're doing on a grassroots level to grow the game. And, you know, you look at somebody like, you know, not just Miles, who's a big, big name now, but like, look at Machop Chal. You know, 100% academy player. Look at Caleb Wiley, who's going to go play in the Olympics. You know, those are all kids who, you know, in 27, you know, 2017, 13, 14 year old kids, it takes six or seven years to build an academy system out and actually start having it produce. So the fact that, you know, we're seeing the talent already hitting the ground and coming in and instantly fitting in and playing well with the first team. You know, it's I think we're a lot ahead of the curve with that. And, you know, kudos to Tony and Ann who built the program and, you know, all the legwork that the club has done, you know, in the southeast area to bring the talent in to make it work for us. It's great. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at uh, English English football, you know, sort of as a whole, they if you want to play football as a as a as a young scout, um, it's something that starts from like in from birth practically you know it is it is a it's part of the culture in europe and you start playing you know you start playing for manchester you know manchester united at 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 five seven eight years ten years old their academy starts when they are so so young um that's the only you know it's the only parallel that i can draw is that we we are trying to develop that from a young age that it is, you know, not everybody can be Wayne Rooney where you're 16 years old playing for, for the premier league, but maybe not everybody should either. Maybe it's a, like you said, it's a really good thing to develop talent and not just shove them straight into a situation where maybe they're not ready because they could also get hurt. I kind of hate this whole onus that we have on, you know, youth sports and specializing at such young ages. But I think at least having the facilities and the opportunity and in an accessible way where people in areas that wouldn't traditionally have access to it are now getting access to it. That's the big takeaway for me with all of that. So yeah, yay for Nick Firmino because he definitely earned it. You know, love to see the kids make good. I'm super pleased for him. He hasn't had the the easiest go of it. He was at uh, New England Revolution 2. Didn't work out so much. Went on loan to Union Omaha. Didn't work out so much, came back and has now since come to this club, put his head down in another tough situation where the twos aren't winning a lot of games, but he continues to show up, do the work, and that mentality I think will serve him well in the first team. On a sadder note, one of Atlanta United staff, Lloyd Ringer, lost his apartment home in a fire. Total loss. Uh, fortunately, I don't believe anyone was hurt. Uh, his wife is okay. I don't believe anyone else in the apartment complex where he lives where he could actually see the smoke apparently from the training ground um, was hurt in this. So that's the most important thing, but they did experience a total loss and a GoFundMe has been started and Rob Valentino assistant coach for a long time with Atlanta United and all around good guy and hero of 2021 uh, is uh, has shared a, a GoFundMe and we will post that link. If you are able to contribute, if you feel like contributing, Look for that link in the show notes. 
San Diego FC. They have revealed their crest and colors. And it is most definitely, I can say with confidence, it is a crest with colors. Boy, it sure is. I'm not even coming at it from a, a critical graphical side. It just feels like, and you know, I don't live in San Diego, but based on some of the other home runs that have been hit in that area by two other clubs, San Diego Wave knocked it out of the park. I don't hear anyone complaining about their their scheme, their colors, their, their kit, it's all beautiful. San Diego Loyal, which is unfortunately, you know, going the wayside now because San Diego FC is coming in also nailed it out of the park and this just feels very blah it feels like a free version of ai generated this they didn't even pay for the subscription it feels like another smack in the face for san diego loyal supporters that oh hey not only do you lose your team but guess what you get to wear this piece of shit you know all that beautiful stuff you were wearing here you go Now, now it's this I'm it just feels like I'm just, the club I'm didn't listen. I'm disappointed that nobody's using names anymore. Like, I know that we're Atlanta United FC, and I know that, and I'm not saying that we're innocent here, but I'm just, nothing has a name anymore. You know, like, The quirkiness is, of MLS. Well, yeah, quakes. but I, yeah, you have the, you have the earthquakes, you have the Sounders, you have the Timbers. The, the, Which all, Sounders, there's an example of a team rebranding that, in my opinion, job. got it right. Yeah. Their new crest right. and their color combinations and the killer whales. It looks great. I think they've done a really good job with it. This feels like worse than what Chicago Fire attempted to do the first time or Montreal yeah. Club de Foot. It just feels like, I, I don't know. It feels like very little least, work was done into surveying yeah. the fan base and, you know, telling the fans, we hear you and we are dialed into this city and this city's culture. Atlanta did that for me and it's still a very timeless color scheme and we adopted a name because of it with the five stripes you know it was something for the supporters to latch on to and I don't see much to latch on to here and I, I think that's unfortunate because you know so much about what's great great in soccer in general is you know is, is the culture that you build around it and if you don't have some sort of like you know everybody points to the crest you know you score a goal you point to the crest like the crest is it's supposed to be everything so you know, if your crest is kind of just, it yeah, feels it, it feels like a cop out. It feels easy. You know, it's, it's a, like, how long did you guys spend on this? You and know? at it, some point in time, the supporters and the and the pan, and the fans, they're not going to spend money on it, right? Like I've noted, like it's it's interesting to see like how well certain jerseys sell based on like you know the vibe that they create. When we don't hit it out of the park, the you know you see the tail of the tape, and we hit it out of the park. You know, our jersey sales go through the roof here in Atlanta, you know, and it, it's kind of it's kind of the same thing when you start, you know, you look at like the national team kit sales and how low they are and how they've been phoning that in for the better part of the last five or six years. Now, the women's side, totally different, you know, but for the men's team, I mean, they're boring as hell. Who wants to wear that? Yeah, the new kit isn't that great either. Um, no, it's the uh, hey there, Delilah. <laughs> of, of soccer kits. <laughs> Not even going to explain the joke. If you get it, you get it. Rounding out this week, Joseph, he will not be staying at Miami. So question is, what's next? Where does he go? Does he stay in MLS? What teams would be the best option for him if he, if he stays here or does he? And like, I know some people out there want to wax nostalgic about him coming back. Personally, I think that's way too soon and I don't see how he would slot into this current team, and I know for sure he doesn't want to play second fiddle to anyone. 
I think therein lies the problem, and that's why we can't have him back, is he's not going to supplant Yorgos at this point. Um, and, and, you know, frankly, I think, you know, he's not he's not demonstrated he's got the legs to do that for anybody. I think he still has value in this league as a backup striker and a super sub to come in off the bench late in the game and, you know, give you 15 minutes of, you know, magic Joseph garbage collection. <laughs> Where that is in this league i don't know or you know is, you that, is that something that he's even ready to do i was just you know? about to like, ask you can he adapt to being that guy he's so, just he's so uh, the young. guy not I, the man but the guy you know what i'm saying he's not gonna go like if he's gonna go outside the league if he wants to go to south america he's not gonna go i don't think to a big club like a river plate we were talking about this mm -hmm. before we hit yeah we um, it. before we hit the record button and how well barco has been doing at, mm -hmm. at River, winning trophies, scoring goals, having assists, well, having a great right. year. And in that but... case, then, I certainly don't think he... I, I don't see him going to Europe. Where does he slot in in places like in Europe? I mean, I think I'm... he could be useful in Liga MX, I because Liga MX, MX has expanded rosters and no salary cap, so they could pay him what he feels like he's worth. Um, you know, I definitely think there's probably space for him with, you know, an Independiente or something like that. Again, in a yes. backup starting role, maybe not at River, maybe sure. not at Boca, but like... You know, and maybe not at Flamengo or uh, Gremia. Uh, what's the, the, the one with the G in Brazil? But Gremia, um, yeah, yeah. So you know, but maybe not one of the big, big clubs, but definitely like a tier two, tier three. Um, but I think again, you know, that you know, can his ego take the gut check of understanding That's that yo, know, this is question. what I'm capable of doing? Because you know, the reality is we have a still gaping hole at backup striker. It would be freaking phenomenal to bring Joseph back in here to be the man on a you know flyer basis of a contract and back up Yorgos and I think you know he would have all the love and support of the fan base behind us and I'm not saying it's the right thing to do but like maybe it would be good for him to come home and do that for a season and see if that's the juice that he needs but he's gonna ultimately I think have to take that mental understanding position of you know just you know unfortunately this happened this is what I can do and let me do this to the best of my Joseph josephing abilities can you imagine though the mentality that he would have to have to come back here oh i don't think like, he's capable of doing it i i don't think yeah. his ego would allow him to do it i think what's going to happen you know if he stays in mls he'll wind up at a toronto or a you know hmm. a, a colorado a desperate team with a lot of available cap space that can overpay him and correct there you go he needs to be making more than a million, million and a half. I, I don't think he's going to accept anything less. I think Liga Emekis is a good shout as far as making sure he still gets that payday because he needs that. He is a 29, 30-year-old guy. He's got a family now. He needs yep. to keep providing for that while he's able to play. And he can still play at a decent yeah. level. Not at the level he was, but... Right. I believe we're yeah. still paying out his contract, like his full contract from here based on the terms of the buyout. Right, so right. He definitely walked away with like another $10 million in his pocket. I don't think he's right. destitute and hurting. No, um, but he's got to be thinking about the next seven, right. eight years. You but know? If he, right. Yeah, but I if don't he think is, he's got another if seven he or eight years. 29, if he is just 29, he might have four. That's what I was going to say. I don't think he's got Fair. a seven or eight year career with that what, knee. Which makes the pay all the more important and he needs to maximize the next four to five years if that's right. what he's which got. Which is why a, a, a 500,000, 700, we were paying Julian Gressel before he left 700. We offered him 750,000 and that wasn't enough. So it, without without a, um, uh, a DP spot. So it, it's not, no, that's not going to cut it. And I don't think that we have the available, we don't have the available, um, 
spot. So it's for Joseph, it's a little bit up in the air. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. All right, y'all. As promised, five things you need to know in less than 20 minutes. We did it. Huzzah! Huzzah! <laughs> we'll be back next week with five more things you need to know for the week ahead. <laughs>